Hey guys, it's Brianna, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Christina. Hi, everyone. And you are listening to Oh Brother, your favorite Big Brother podcast. Listen as we discuss all of the alliances, backdoors, and twists you love to watch. We are back with another episode of Oh Brother Podcast, and I have a special guest host with me today. You may recognize her voice from past episodes. She was also in the first episode of this season. Sophia, how's it going? Good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be talking Big Brother with you today. Of course. We haven't really spoken to you since the initial episode of the season. So how are you feeling right now about Big Brother? Well, I saw something on Twitter that compared this season to season 19 and just really showed where each house guest sort of aligns with each other, BB22 versus BB19. And that's pretty much how I'm feeling. I mean, I love Big Brother. I'm really just excited that we have it this summer. But I'm I, I'm pretty sad about how this week went. I mean, it's Same. it's... It's cool to see the house guests again years later, some of them 10 years later. So, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm happy we have the show, but I'm not in love. I hate to say it. Yeah, it is sad. I think uh, my roommate, Shauna, made a good point last night. We were talking about the episode after watching it. And she basically said that the only way that, like, she's going to be happy with this season is that if, it's one of those situations where we have to sacrifice the first four or five weeks that are super lame and annoying if the rest of the season is cutthroat and these guys start going after each other. But hopefully it doesn't end up being this like very politically correct, nice season where they pick everyone else off and then just like whoever wins comps goes to the end. Yeah, I mean, in the past, we've seen some not-so-smart people in the house that don't know the game very well that just make huge scenes and cause huge fights. And these are all-stars, so they know better than that. And although that might not be good gameplay, it is entertaining to watch as a viewer. So we don't even have that going on, which kind of stinks. I hate to say this even more, but um, as of right now, this season even sort of reminds me of last season, where there's that big dominant group. And there's a couple outliers. There's people that aren't quite in the core of that group that just want to be in that group and are willing to just bow down to that group. So I'm hoping we see something a little bit more exciting in the coming weeks. At at some point, they will have to eat their own. And I have a little bit of hope after last night's episode, I'm sure we'll get to that later on, that things might be turning and people might be identified. But I suppose we'll have to wait and see. I am crossing my fingers for that, that's for sure. Um, Let's jump right into Sunday's episode. So it feels like ages ago, but we had that HOH roll the ball competition, and I was very disappointed by it, not because Enzo won necessarily. I mean, Enzo wouldn't have been my pick to win from the beginning, but I also don't dislike Enzo at this time. However, what was so disappointing was that we could have had a major underdog story with Kaser. He beast-moded that comp and then wasn't able to pull it, pull out the win. It was just that last ball that was giving him so much trouble, even though he had his first two in before everybody else did. And it was just so frustrating to watch. Yeah, that was a nail-biter. In his first round... He just won, like, before the episode was even over. They said, let's eavesdrop on the house guests, and we already saw that he had all three of, the, three of his balls in the little holes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Enzo is entertaining me. I do think he will be a player to watch down the line. I really do, just given his strength, his ability to win comps, and sort of where he is aligned in the house. He I do has a really good a th- social game, too. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like there are bigger targets that are going to go at each other first. And I think even last night, or, or this sort of past week, I, I think we've seen Tyler and Cody sort of compete for Enzo a little bit, yeah, which could be interesting to watch. But, I mean, that competition, yeah, it was, it was okay. It was a nail-biter, though, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I wish Kayser won. Me too. Oh, my God. I was, I was 
dying watching that. Then we get this segment about Danny and the hinky vote. And the episode kind of brings to light the fact that not only did she throw a hinky vote, she made the very amateur mistake of telling someone she was going to do it. So essentially she approached Cody prior to the vote and said, hey, let's make a plan to throw out two hinky votes. Then we can pin it on whoever we want. Cough, cough, Bailey and Devon. That was her, her goal. And the plan probably would have been great had Cody gone along with it. However, Cody was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not ruffling feathers and I'm not potentially making a big mistake if the votes split and we throw out two hinky votes and then the person we don't want to stay stays in the house. So Danny does it anyways. And little does she, does she know, we've also got sneaky little Enzo in the house and he also had thrown a hinky vote out there. So now there's two hinky votes and... Of course, what's Cody going to think? She asked someone else. And who did she ask? Probably Nicole F. So that's put, that puts a little bit of doubt in Cody's mind. Cody tells this information to Enzo. And I think they already weren't super comfortable with Danny at this point. So this kind of just dug her hole a little deeper. Yeah, I wish we knew a little bit more about why Enzo decided to throw that vote. I... Maybe Danny's behind it. Who knows? But Danny is sinking her own ship. The thing that Enzo did well is that he didn't tell anybody about the hinky vote. And he also did it the prior week with uh, the Nicole and David vote. So he, I think he just kind of was doing it almost for fun or, or just like to shake things up a little bit. It didn't seem like too many people were concerned about the Nicole and David hinky vote. But he's definitely, definitely doing it right. And Danny is doing it all wrong. Yeah, I think Enzo maybe just did it. Oh, I'm going to screw with the situation. I'm going to have some fun here. Mm-hmm. However, Danny, when Cody, who who is a pretty dominant person in the house and in your alliance right now, when he doesn't bite, don't do it. Right. The problem would have been, obviously, she wouldn't have known this. She wouldn't have known that Enzo was going to do the hanky vote. But the problem then would have been, okay, no, nobody else throws a hinky vote except for Enzo, including Danny. And then what is she going to tell Cody? There's one hinky vote and it's not her. Like, I feel like either way she would have looked suspicious. So I don't know if it's better or worse that she did it anyways. Um, Cause she ended up getting the two hinky votes she wanted in the end, but now she's kind of got a target on her back. But I still, like I said, I think she still probably w- would have been in a rough spot had she not thrown the hinky vote. Enzo still threw his out there and then everybody would assume it was her anyways. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. She did get fortunate in this situation. In that case, maybe she could have said, Oh, well, I did it out of pity. Someone just Mm -hmm. threw Janelle a pity vote. So she didn't go out unanimously, which maybe she could have played that off. I don't think she and Janelle are very close in the house. So maybe, maybe not, but that is true. That is a good point. Um, So hopefully, at least personally, and I hate to say this because I was like so rooting for Danny um, when I found out she was going to be on the season, but I'm honestly hoping it bites her in the butt later because she's targeting my girls, Bailey and Devon, and we can't have that. So Danny, I really hope this comes back to bite you. Hate to say it, but Um, then we get to the turning over of the have nots and because Janelle has been evicted, they're are only going to be three have-nots this week. And that's very convenient because there's only three people who haven't been have-nots yet. Um, So Enzo, Cody, and Bailey are the outgoing have-nots. Enzo gives his to Tyler. Cody gives his to Davon. But the one that I was most interested in was Bailey giving hers to Danny because then Danny made a comment which, like, was meant to be a joke but also had some truth to it. Danny said, like, oh, I'm targeting you because Bailey gave her the the have not. And then Bailey said, swing, but don't miss. I'm coming after you. Come on, girl. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> swing, but don't miss. <laughs> and I thought it was really funny because at this point, I think Bailey knows Danny's up to something. Um, Danny has already voiced the fact that she wants to come after Bailey and Devon to other people. Maybe it's not the most clear thing to Bailey yet at this point, but she knows there's something up. So it was like a jokey little funny moment, but like there's also some truth to that joke. So 
Yeah, that was really interesting. I agree. I think that was, it's like they say behind, behind all jokes, there's a layer of seriousness. Mm-hmm. That was the layer of seriousness. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, you have to love Bailey and her quick wit. She's too funny. And then we get to the nominations and Enzo talked all season about how he wants to make big moves in this game. And then he puts up Kaser, the man that has no allies, and Kevin, the perpetual pawn. So props to you, Enzo, for doing exactly what the house wanted you to do. Yeah, I was hoping, I didn't want to see Kaser go. I mean, and I hate to say it because I love him, but even putting up Ian, I love Ian, but even putting up Ian would have been a bigger move because Ian is smart. I don't, I don't know if they realize how smart Ian is, not just when it comes to physics, but also when it comes to social settings like that. So I think putting up Ian, even just Ian would have been a bigger move. He's already won before, but it was just the default case or Kevin. Yeah. I, I get why he did it because he is kind of this well-liked guy and you don't want to get too much blood on your hands and the whole thing where like, He's in like 47 alliances at this point, and they were kind of just the common denominators that everybody was like, yeah, you could throw Kevin up there, our target's Kaser. But at the same time, this is Big Brother All-Stars. So I was hoping that Enzo was going to shake shit up. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but it is what it is. It was probably best for his game, but as a viewer, I'm disappointed. Yeah, no fun. Um, Then we get to the Wednesday episode, and I have to say, I was very, very impressed by Kevin in this episode for multiple reasons. The first reason being that I think the smartest move Kevin made in this episode was asking David to play the veto for him. It's smart for a couple reasons. One, they both said it. Neither of them really have many allies in the house. David had some allies, fucked it up for himself, so... He's looking for somebody to kind of be his ride or die. Kevin knows that. And he's saying, okay, well, I'm going to ask David who, I mean, to be frank, seems very competitive and like really wants to win something. So he knows David's going to gun for it. He's not going to throw the comp. And he's pretty sure he can convince David to use the veto. And I honestly think that had David won, he probably would have used the veto on Kevin and he told Kevin he would. So out of all of the options, I think it was smart for Kevin to sort of prime David for that in the case that he might get house guest choice. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, these people, it's killing me to watch them not teaming up. I would mm-hmm. have loved to have seen like Kevin, David, Bailey, Davon, Janelle, Kayser. I would have, I mean, some of them are gone now at this point, so it doesn't matter, but these people need to team up if they want to last. So I think that was definitely a a good way to sort of initiate things. I agree. And then, of course, we get to um, them picking the players for the veto competition. And obviously, Enzo, Kayser, and Kevin are going to play. And then Tyler and Bailey get picked by random draw. And what do you know? Kevin gets house guest choice yet again. And like we said, he already primed David. So he picks David to play. And it almost seems too good to be true, but good for Kevin. He made it work. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was definitely a smart move for for both of them i think that was a really easy way to initiate things with david on kevin's behalf hey let's let's do this sort of initiate the game talk i would love to see them link up in the future now if only we can get ian bailey and davon also on their same side then they would have a majority oh then we had this really really awkward conversation between Bailey and Kaser, they were in the bathroom. And I almost agree. A lot of people thought that Bailey came off a little bit harsh in this conversation, but I kind of agreed with her in a way. Kaser's up on the block and he comes to her and is trying to tell her what she's doing wrong, tell her what's best for her game, essentially tell her what to do. Um, And I understand that he's trying to talk himself up, trying to make sure he can stay. And also I think he thought he was doing the right thing. Like, in giving her advice. And even if the things he were saying he was saying were true, he does come off condescending often in conversations. He felt I felt he came off the same way 
in some of his conversations with Enzo. So I almost wonder, had Kaser been a little bit better at social game? He's really good at like the deep combos and making friends. But when it comes to the social game in terms of knowing what to say when you're having game talk, I think he comes off too intense a lot of the time and Bailey was not having it. And she straight up told him to his face, like you're sounding really condescending right now. What did you think of that conversation? I'll be honest that I, I didn't love the way Bailey responded. I mean, Kayser's just trying to make his appeal. Maybe he should have gone in with a softer tone, but I didn't think it warranted Bailey's big reaction. I mean, and I'm a person, I hate being told what to do. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand where Bailey was coming from. But then again, it's tough. We only see bits and pieces of the conversation and what goes on. So I hate to judge. I mean, based on the way it was portrayed on TV, I think she came across as kind of overreacting, but you never know the full truth. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to judge. I can totally see both sides of it. Like I said, I think Kaser was just trying to say and do anything he could to stay in the house and also like make some allies. And again, a lot of the things he was saying to her were true. And I think he thought he was doing the right thing by giving her this information. But again, I think if you're on the block and you're trying to get people to be on your side, the right way to do it is not to kind of like talk down to them and act like you're like this game master that like knows everything that's going on. Because if if that were the case, you probably wouldn't be sitting where you are. Um, And again, like the game was stacked against Kaser and Janelle from the beginning. So maybe that's not a very fair statement, but at the same time, I think he just should have checked his tone a little bit. Yeah, I think in Big Brother, awareness is very important in being aware of your situation and who you're speaking to. And I mean, I think we could all, I think we all know Bailey's not going to want to be told what to do. So maybe he should have just known, well, I'm talking to Bailey. I, I need to go in softer. If he was talking to someone else, I'd say maybe even someone like Enzo, maybe he could have been more like, dude, you got to do this. I need this. You have to do this. But he should have known his audience, I think. Yeah, for sure. I agree. He missed that mark. Yeah. And that's not to say that, like, Bailey is the greatest game talker. I don't think she is. Um, She came at Kaser very harshly. And in other conversations, we see her being super intense, too. But, like, just knowing that he's the one sitting on the block, I feel like, come on, dude. Yeah, if you're on the block, you have to kiss some butt. Exactly. Just eat it. It stinks, but just eat it. So then we get to the veto competition. And again, Kevin impressed me a lot this episode. Um, But before we get to that, I wanted to mention uh, Enzo cracked me up during this HOH at one point. I think it was when they tossed the slime out. He was like, this threw a monkey in my wrench. Is that the expression? And I was like, Enzo, (laughs) sometimes you need to just not speak. Of course, BB has to hit you in the face with these, you know, paintballs or whatever. This throws a monkey in my wrench or throws a, what's the saying? What is it? Monkey wrench? This definitely throws a monkey in my wrench. I was like, dude, come on. He cuts me up. I was a little bit sad that they didn't get Hayden Moss because that's, probably why Enzo's there represent the brigade Mm -hmm. no Hayden Moss but I'm very entertained it's fine yeah I initially wasn't like super excited about Enzo being back and he's not like my favorite person in the house at the moment but I don't dislike him I definitely think he brings a lot of fun he brings like a different personality to it so in that respect I like his little uh light-hearted jokes and just his little quirky things that he said just like this throw monkey in my wrench, which is now going to be uh, a new expression that I use when things don't go my way. <laughs> I'll be frank. I knew who won the veto prior to actually watching the episode because I was following along on the feeds. So I knew that Kevin won it. Never in my mind would I have guessed that this was the competition that he won. This competition is so tough and like, Not to judge anyone because I am also like stick skinny, but Kevin is like so tiny. 
he's like kind of lanky. He doesn't seem like he would be like the strongest guy ever. Um, but I think I, I guess this one has a little bit more to do with balance than it does strength. But I was so impressed. At one point, his leg was like shaking like a leaf. And he still was able to grab that little holster and put it back on his other foot. I was like, damn, Kevin. Okay. I see you proving yourself. Yeah, I never would have thought. I mean, I had known he won as well. And I was so happy for him. Oh, my gosh. His expression when he was in the diary room just reveling at the fact that he won, I wanted to cry too. Yeah. So I was very happy with him. But I never would have thought it was something like this. Right. I mean, I hate to discredit Kevin, but he doesn't talk about, oh, I got to work out. I got to do any of this stuff. So, I mean, if I had to pick, given those that were competing, I probably would have said Tyler. I would have thought Tyler would win. With those competitions, I think we often see skinnier, Mm -hmm. lighter, like, I remember we saw one last year, Holly and Annalise were at the end. Right. Thinner women rather than someone like Jackson Mickey or someone like Brett Robinson, who's just carrying a lot of muscle. So, I mean, I guess it does make sense Yeah, that Kevin won. With that being said, this competition was not tailored for Kaser at all. Um, He's a bit of a bigger guy. Not that he's out of shape by any means, but it just, like you said, these competitions don't lend themselves well to some of these bigger people that have maybe a little bit more muscle mass and probably not as great balance. It's also harder to hold up more weight. So unfortunately for Kaser, I think he was the first one to fall. Um, Yeah, I think so too. And it kind of just sealed his fate unfortunately for him, but I was still very happy for Kevin. I think that his goal with this veto was to prove that he's not just this easy pawn that you can throw up because when someone is the pawn and then they start winning vetoes, nobody wants to use you as a pawn anymore because they know there's a chance that you could win a veto and take yourself off. Unless of course they're trying to backdoor someone then maybe they'd use you, but I'm wondering if Kevin's going to be used much in the future as a pawn. I could still see people using him potentially, but I think this definitely gives him a little bit of bargaining power and saying that like, okay, use me as a pawn, but I'm just going to take myself off the block. Good luck. You'll have to name a replacement. So. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, just on the whole idea of thinner, lighter people having an easier time. I mean, everyone has the exact same handles. Everyone has the exact same foot holes Mm -hmm. so obviously that's going to bode better to a smaller person rather than some six three built person yeah for sure uh after the competition prior to the um veto ceremony christmas decides to offer herself up as a pawn to enzo what did you think about that I see where she's coming from. I mean, sometimes in Big Brother, you have to give a little to get a little. And I think this was her giving a little to gain trust, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I it worked out for her in the end. If there was ever a week to do it, I suppose this was the week. But it's it's so tough to say because at any moment, things could blow up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at any moment, things could change. So I yeah. guess it was... It was a good enough move. It worked out for her in the end. Yeah, I totally agree with what you said. But at the same time, it's like the golden rule of Big Brother is you never offer yourself up as a pawn. If the HOH comes to you and asks you to be a pawn, okay, maybe you have no choice to say yes. Or you can try to convince them otherwise if you feel comfortable doing so. But I don't ever feel like you should just be like, yeah, use me because to your point, anything can happen. So if Kaser blows up the house and everybody decides they want to flip on Enzo and keep Kaser in the house to spite him, you just might end up being the casualty. I can't say I was surprised by the move because like you said, I think if any week was a week to do it, it's this week and Christmas feels very safe. But at the same time, I was just like, come on, the golden rule. You never offer yourself up as a pawn. Yeah, she did offer herself up very easily. I feel like Enzo wasn't even struggling. Like, oh, what do I do? I don't. He wasn't hinting at it either. 
Yeah, she was just like, oh, I'll go up. And wasn't he considering Ian? He was considering other possibilities. I think so, yeah. And then when she kind of brought that up, he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Not the best, but it worked out for her. I think Kaser was probably not too happy that that happened because I think the only way he would have had a chance at staying would have been if he was sitting next to like David or Ian or someone else that Enzo would have been forced to put up had Christmas not volunteered. Yeah, I agree. Maybe even Danny, Mm -hmm. but for Danny to go home over Kayser, that group would have had to have gotten pretty pissed off at her. And I don't know if they were quite at that point just yet as of last night and earlier this week. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Speaking of Danny, before we get to the actual veto ceremony, we have this weird scene where she kind of slips up on the slick six in front of Tyler and Nicole. And the way they portrayed this in the episode was that she had been talking to Danny and Bailey in the have not room. Then she went into the HOH room and said to Tyler in front of Nicole, they want to have a meeting. And he said, who? And she said, Bailey and Devon. And he said, oh, like a house meeting, like trying to cover up the fact that she was basically blowing up their alliance. And then she's like, oh, no, never mind. And then left. Now, in the episode, it seems like she made a mistake, blew it up in front of Nicole, then left Tyler to deal with it. But from what I understood from feeds, and I don't know if you have any insight into this either, but I think Nicole already knew about the Slick Six Alliance from like Danny had already told her in the past that she had this other alliance because they are like very good friends inside and outside the house and they're kind of like ride or dies but Tyler didn't know that Nicole already knew so it kind of made him look dumb because he's then trying to hide this thing from Nicole that she already knows about did you hear any of that i i didn't hear any of that i mean Quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Nicole already knew it could probably benefit Danny's game to let her know. But I think Danny could have played that off. Like, oh, I was just talking to Davon and Bailey. They want to talk to you. I mean, it's one of those situations, it's only awkward if you make it. And unfortunately, I do think she did make it by just walking out. She could have just simply said, yeah, I was talking to them, just a heads up. They want to talk to you. Like, oh, I don't know what it's about, but they want to talk to you. She could have played that off, but she didn't. Do you know what it reminds me of? Um, In Celebrity Big Brother, it was like Lolo and someone else that like said while Tamar was in the room, like something (laughs) about like not trusting her or something weird. They said something in front of Tamar, like, and Tamar was like, what was that? And they were like, oh, <laughs> we didn't know you were in here. It was Lolo and Natalie Eva Marie. Oh, yeah. I couldn't remember her name. I'm like the girl they, with the red hair. Oh, my goodness. You're right. They mentioned their final two. Mm, and, yeah. <laughs> and um, Tamar was just there. And in that instance, I wish that they had said, well, you have a final two with with Candy, was it, I think? Yeah. Again, one of those situations, it's only awkward if you make it. But they made mm-hmm. it awkward. So funny. I also almost wonder if, like, Danny did it on purpose, maybe. Um, I don't know. She's been doing some weird stuff in the past couple weeks. So I'm like, was that intentional or was that an accident? I couldn't tell. Yeah, that's a really good question. She has been, I think she thinks she's planting seeds and mm-hmm. being a puppet master and a mastermind. But Well, Enzo did call her herself. the gardener, planting the seeds and <laughs> going around every day to water them. And I was like, that's a very yep. good analogy, Enzo. I call Danny the gardener, plants seeds everywhere. She goes around every day in every room and waters all her seeds. So we get to the uh, veto ceremony and Kevin uses the veto on himself. Shocker. And Enzo nominates his pal Christmas. And there she goes up on the block next to Kaser, unfortunately for him. And then we get to Thursday's episode. Um, We kind of start off with Cody telling Enzo about that large alliance that Enzo is not a part of. And it's because he wants to solidify something between him, Tyler, and Enzo. And I just thought it was funny that, like, Enzo didn't care at all. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm also in, like, 47 alliances, so it's cool. And I was like, wait, what? 
Yeah, I think that's just characteristic of Enzo. He just seems like a laid back, like have some fun kind of guy. So, I mean, it's true. He's in like 47 alliances too. So I guess it's not worth getting worked up over. I think you have to assume at this point in a Big Mm -hmm. Brother game, people are probably in multiple alliances. So if you just expect that, you're not going to be surprised when you learn it. Exactly. That also, and like, I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but that also reminds me of the conversation that Kaser and Memphis were having outside on the couches when Kaser was trying to tell Memphis that there's like these people in an alliance together and Memphis kept telling him, no, there's not. And Kaser was like, it's week five. There have to be alliances. And I want to shake Kaser and be like, if someone is telling you there's no alliances, they're a part of it. Like, oh, Kaser. my goodness. <laughs> I I hate to admit it because I'm still a little bit sad that he sent out Nicole Anthony, but I think Memphis is probably in like maybe the best spot in the house right now. I know, I agree, and I hate it so much oh because ugh, I just can't stand him. Well, he has his alliances, he has his sort of padding around him, but he's not the head of the snake. Right now, I feel like I mean, right now all eyes are on Cody, Tyler, Nicole Franzel and not him and I mean he's just not the head of the snake right now so and I mean both Kayser and Janelle both got out with Julie I think these four people are in it oh did you know Memphis is in it as well oh my god no I didn't know he was so shocked I felt like kind of bad for him but at the same time like how could you I mean we don't know because we're not in the house with them but like how could you not see it if someone continuously denies 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 to you and isn't like oh yeah, maybe you could be right, then they're probably a part of the thing that you are telling them about. Yeah, they should have known when he threw the the safety suite competition, they should have known, but ugh, shaking my head. Same. Speaking of the head of the snake, Tyler has decided to start targeting Danny just because of all the weird stuff she's been doing. He feels like she's playing both sides of the house. She's kind of throwing Bailey and Devon under the bus to him. He's assuming that she's also doing the same about him to other people. He's not wrong. And the one thing I have to say about Tyler, and initially it was kind of bothering me, from the first week, he's been saying he doesn't enjoy Big Brother anymore. It's not the game he once loved. He doesn't like it because he doesn't like to be perceived as like this deceptive, conniving person that's great at lying. Like he's like, that's not me. And... For that reason, he has said he doesn't care if he stays or goes this season. Like, he doesn't, it's not, doesn't mean anything to him whether or not he makes it far, which I think at first that annoyed me. But I think actually that has made him more of an authentic and open person this season. And he's not as tight lipped with things, which I think is what leads to him talking to Bailey and Devon about his dislike for Danny and wanting to target her had this been season one Tyler when he first came in the house um I don't think he would have been blabbing to Bailey and Devon I don't think he would have been scheming as hard um I don't think he would have been as open to just say what was on his mind he would have kept like more of a lock and key but I don't know I'm enjoying this more cutthroat Tyler that's just like I don't care if this bites me in the butt. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it makes me, I I kind of don't really like whenever any of them say, well, I don't really care about this game. Yeah. I'm not really invested. I mean, and I get some of them, like I think Davon Kayser alluded to having different motives beyond just winning the money. Okay, fine. But I don't really appreciate when house guests go in and don't appreciate the opportunity they've been giving, given, but I think it just, I think Tyler does appreciate it, but yeah, you're right. It has led to him having more of sort of a loose, loose lipped game, which is a different Tyler, which is fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think if it was the same Tyler over again, like blueprint, it would have just been, we would have been like, okay, the same old Tyler, but I'm kind of happy that we're seeing a different side of him this season. And the same old Tyler was awesome, but honestly, I don't know if he would have been able to pull off that game all over again. Especially because everybody already, like, this is All-Stars. Everybody knows what everybody's up to. Everybody knows Mm -hmm. how you've played in the past, so there's no getting away with anything, really. 
then we get to a interesting edit by Big Brother. And I like to call this Ian's Epiphany, which I can't take credit for because I saw it on Twitter, which is essentially their cover-up for The Wall Yeller, which, Sophia, I don't know if you heard about this, but Mm -hmm. essentially, I think it was Sunday night, someone tweeted out, hey, I'm like four miles from the Big Brother house. I have this megaphone. I'm going to go yell something over the wall. Like, let me know what I should say. And this isn't a new thing. Things like this have happened in past seasons. There's also the banners that can go over the house and stuff like that. But this person tweeted that. A lot of people didn't think it was true. They were like, if you were going to do this, why would you put it on Twitter? Blah, blah, blah. Evil Dick saw it, quote retweeted it, and wrote Nicole and Cody. What was it? Nicole and Cody playing um, everyone playing you all or something like that yeah so evil dick quote retweeted with that and then what do you know a couple hours later we've got some house guests sitting outside uh, i know memphis was out there christmas was out there i think there was a quite a few people out there and we get the clearest wall yeller i have ever heard clear as day you could hear it on the feeds someone saying nicole and cody are playing everyone and I'll insert the audio so that you guys can hear it. But of course, Big Brother does not want to admit the fact that things outside of the game sometimes do get in. They want everybody to feel like this is really a closed off environment, which unfortunately it isn't always. And so instead of putting the wall yeller into the episode, they've covered it up with what people on Twitter are calling Ian's epiphany. And it is when Ian is kind of sitting on the hammock. I think he was talking to Kevin at the time, basically saying that, oh, I know I have to be more careful with Nicole. It seems like she has something going on with Cody. I don't trust this person. I don't trust that person, which was his reaction to the wall yeller, but they sneakily edited it so that it didn't actually have to be brought up in the episode, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was just so obvious and so clear that they would have had to mention it in the episode. So I was kind of disappointed when they didn't. But I mean, I'm I'm happy that Ian has had this epiphany either way. I hope that this leads to a more exciting next few weeks. I think it I think it will, hopefully. But I I feel like Big Brother, I, I know you want to keep this facade of nothing interfering. Okay, fine, but something did. Yep. And I mean, it's okay. The general consensus, and I tend to agree with this, is that most of the time I'm not a fan of like the wall yellers and like people trying to get notes over the wall or people trying to fly planes over with messages and stuff to fuck with the game just because like it kind of does compromise the integrity of Big Brother. But this is the one time when I'm like, you know what? This season has been so shitty so far do it. Like, yell shit over the wall. Um, we need to shake this up. So I personally, like like you said, I was glad for it. And I'm hopeful that this epiphany that Ian has had and some of the other house guests have had is gonna, like you said, shake up the game. Yeah, it's too bad that the integrity of the game is compromised. However, I have to admit, I think it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. The extent that some Big Brother fans will go to. Oh my god, it's crazy. And how invested some of these people will get, whether it's running up to the house with a megaphone or renting a plane with a banner. I mean, I get a kick out of it. It always makes me laugh when I see GoFundMes going around of people trying to raise <laughs> money to fly a banner over the house. I'm like, you guys are truly insane. Huh. <laughs> Gotta love it. Speaking of Ian, he comes up with this plan as well, which I think he tells to Kevin that he's like, we can't blow up the game, but I know someone who can, and that's Kaser, because Kaser has nothing to lose. Like, he knows he's going home anyways. So he kind of goes to Kaser, and he doesn't outright say, like, will you blow up the game? But he kind of riles him up a little bit. He's like, you know you're going home, right? Like, who would, if there's anybody here who would you, you would want to stay, who would it be? And he, Kaser was like, I would hope it would be you. So Ian kind of riles him up, tells him about what he thinks is going on, all the alliances going around in the hopes that he'll blow up the, the house. We also see like Ian get a little bit emotional and he gives Kaser a hug, which 
most people were probably like, oh, that was cute, like, no big deal. But you also have to remember that Ian's autistic and sometimes, which, and I think this is, and I don't want to speak for Ian, but I think it's pretty clear that he's not a very, like, physical person when it comes to stuff like that. So it seemed like it was kind of hard for him to do that, but he knew that, like, Kaser needed a hug in that moment. So I thought it was, like, the sweetest thing ever. Yeah, based on what I've I've seen and heard from the feeds, it sounds like they did bond quite a bit this these last few days. Mm-hmm. What I thought was interesting about that interaction is that Kaiser almost seemed hesitant. Yeah, I think he was also just like really depressed by that time. Like he just seemed <laughs> That's really true. sad. Maybe Big Brother wanted us to be surprised last night at eight thirty-five p.m. during the live segment. Yeah, but I mean, may- maybe he was just sad. And especially when someone says, you're going home, right? Do this to help me. Yeah. I suppose. Thankfully for Ian, Kaser did it. He blew up the fucking house. And I have to say, it was my favorite moment from this episode and probably my favorite moment from the whole season so far. I just want to say I really love every one of you guys on a personal level. Uh, Now, when it comes to gameplay and strategy, I think you guys all suck. Here's why. Cody and Nicole have been running this house since day one. And they have a secret alliance that's going to take them all the way to the end. Meanwhile, the guys have an alliance, Enzo, I already knew when we were talking, with David and Tyler, because it was obvious. And then the last alliance, of course, Danny and Nicole and Cody. Cody finds himself in this love triangle but no one's willing to take a shot. So here I am sitting around on the block. So if you guys want to play the game, All Stars, or if you want to have a reunion and sit around and maybe play charades, then keep things the same. If you want to play All Stars, then keep me here. We'll continue to play. I hope I have your vote, Cody. Oh, you got it, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Kaser knows this is All Stars. He knows. A, you have to go out with a bang, and B, you have to say whatever you need to say to try to keep yourself there, even if you don't think it's going to work. Like, you need to throw a Hail Mary, like he said. And it kind of made me laugh because it came after Christmas's very poorly written poem that she did. And I was like, Christmas, please do not waste our time. Like, just let Kaser speak. Um, I hate when people do, like, phony speeches like that that are just like oh i love everybody everybody's so great save me i'm like no this is big brother make a splash caser did and i loved it usually i think when they try to make a splash like that on the way out sometimes it's kind of lame like you're going home these people don't care about you or your opinion anyway but i think that caser's was actually very effective And I'm so glad that we, I'm so glad it was live and we got to see the expressions of Cody, Nicole, Tyler. I'm so glad we got to see these expressions both in the little area and when they cast their votes. I thought it was good. Definitely my favorite part of the season so far. It was hilarious because it's the first time anyone has brought to light like all of the chaos that is the alliances this season. And like you said, the reactions were just the best. I think my favorite reaction of, out of all of them was Danny's. Because when he said the thing about her, Nicole, and Cody being in a love triangle, I think that she misinterpreted it. And like he was using it as an analogy for like in a, a three-person alliance that is like like he was he was using the love triangle as an analogy for their very poorly structured alliance that they have going on in which like they're not all on the same level but i think she took it as like Kaser trying to say that she was legitimately in a love triangle with Nicole and Cody because when she went into the DR she was like that was um disrespectful or something and I was like girl he's talking about the game he doesn't think you're actually in a love triangle with Cody and Nicole like relax yeah I thought that that was that whole disrespectful comment I thought that was interesting I wasn't totally sure what she meant by that but maybe she just thought 
I don't know. Qu- quite honestly, when I heard her say that, I thought she just, oh my God, K's are so out of line. How dare you say something like this? How dare you accuse everyone of all these things? That's kind of more how I took it. So, all right, I like your perspective on this. I didn't really know how to take that, but I didn't think that anything Kayser did was disrespectful. No, I don't think at all. Like, if you're thinking that it's disrespectful, then you're taking it too personally because all he did was talk about the game. It's not, and everything he said was pretty true. So you have no reason to be upset at him. You can be upset that he did it, but like, he was right. Yeah, maybe like, it wasn't disrespectful. She- he was being, he was telling the truth. Some people just get mad when they get caught Mm -hmm. and it might, maybe she was just mad that she was caught and unrightfully just blaming Kayser and saying, oh, that's disrespectful. That was an interesting comment. Yeah. A lot of people have been talking about how like Cody and Danny have been getting like super flirty lately. So I was like, I wonder if she's almost feeling guilty about that. And maybe if, if the case is that she took the love triangle comment, seriously and not in terms of game maybe she's feeling guilty that she's over here flirting with cody and her her man is at home i don't know this is true this is that could be a possibility unfortunately for kaser after he blows up the game he finds out that he has been unanimously evicted from the big brother house r.i.p i thought it was funny that he made it a point to hug everyone and he forced basically forced Danny and Nicole to give him a hug on the way out. You could tell they kind of tried to like hide away and he was like, Oh no, I'm getting my hugs. And the funniest thing I saw on Twitter was a screenshot of Kaser hugging Nicole. And there just so happened to be Janelle's diary or diary room, Janelle's memory wall photo behind them. And it was a screenshot of that. And the caption said, you can see the moment he got uninvited from the wedding and I died laughing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that that was good. I really like that. I am glad that, because honestly, like I see it, it's all a game. I've never been in the Big Brother house. I've never played the game, but like you guys are in a game. I think it's cool when they can put aside their differences and their game moves once the season is over and be amicable, amicable with everyone. I really like to see that. So I thought that was cool that Kayser forced everyone to hug him. Mm-hmm. Um, sharp contrast from last week when Janelle left and Nicole Frenzel hid. Yeah, she was, she was just to nowhere be found. to be seen. <laughs> so I like that. It just shows that Kayser's a good guy. Yeah. Which I like, really do think. He's like, no, you're not going anywhere. Give me a damn hug. Even if I don't want to give you a hug and you don't want to give me a hug, we're doing it. So I mean, he alluded, once he was with Julie, he alluded to the fact that he was there, not quite for the money, but Mm -hmm. for bigger purposes. So, (laughs) I mean, I I guess he just had a good attitude toward it all, which is cool to see. Yeah. And I totally get, like, his whole motive. I thought it was interesting, though, that when he was leaving, he was like, oh, production's going to hate me for saying this, but I wasn't there for the money. I feel like he has a really backwards view of what production wanted from him because in the episodes they were showing all of these deep convos he was having with Devon about Black Lives Matter with Ian about his autism with other house guests about struggles that he's gone through and so I think that he definitely misinterpreted the way that I think production would view him saying that he wanted to be in there for like more than just the money it seemed like they also wanted him in there for more than just the money. They wanted him in there because they knew that he would be someone who would have these deep conversations and kind of give them the opportunity to use their platform to show things they might otherwise not be able to. So yeah, I just thought it was interesting that he made the comment that he was like, oh, production's not going to like me saying this, but I wasn't really there for the money. I was like, no, I think they knew. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. I don't know Kayser prior to this. I had never seen him play. I don't even, I didn't even know he was on Big Brother ever. But I think this year we definitely saw more deep conversations than we have ever before. And I think that's just sort of Big Brother's like trying to play a role and a positive role and everything that's going on. So I think it was kind of like, 
they seize the opportunity. I don't know, but I, Kayser, I don't think production's going to kill you. I really don't. Right. You gave them good content. Just to give like a little bit of background, Kayser was the first ever Muslim contestant on the show. Okay. And yeah, and I think that he said it before, and I, I'm not sure if he said it at all in this season, but his initial goal was to play the game and show that like, and and this kind of hindered him a little bit, I think too, but he wanted to go in this game and show that not all Muslims are like scary, deceptive people that are going to try to like keep secrets and be like scary and deceptive and like just kind of trying to erase the terrorist stereotype that is often associated with being Muslim. So I think that he kind of went in the in this season knowing that that was his goal in the past and then knowing everything that's going on right now in the world is just like kind of all came together into just like a very perfect scenario where he kind of almost became like the spokesperson for all of the deep combos in the house. I think he needs like his own show called like Deep Combos with Kaser or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's just like a little bit of background on Kaser. I did not know this about him, but Kaser, that's obviously why they took you on the show. That's obviously why they invite, I mean, not to discredit his playing abilities, but okay, this, this definitely makes a little bit more sense to me, but Kaser, I don't think production's going to kill you. I think they're going to thank you. Yeah. Um, it definitely, I think had something to do with the reason he ended up on the show. And also just because him and Janelle are a duo and they've never played the game without each other. So there's that. Mm -hmm. What did you think about Julie accidentally giving Kaser a split second of hope that he was going back in the house? I thought that was a little bit mean. It I was felt cool. so bad. I felt so bad. It was funny as a viewer, but think about that one person who's just so sad that they just got evicted. They just lost $500,000. It was kind of... I mean, it was a good joke, but I felt so bad. Well, I don't think it was intentional because she was trying to set, because again, um, Kaser in the past, I think he was the first house guest that was ever voted back into the House by America. So that happened. I can't remember if that was season six or season seven, but he was evicted and then voted back into the house. And she was trying to say like 15 years ago when you were voted back into the house, but the way she worded it accidentally made it sound like she was saying America voted you back in the house again and I was like Julie you gotta have cue cards somewhere that are giving you the correct way to say this sentence and you just fucked it up because poor Kaser for a split second got this like moment of shock on his face like she literally gave him a heart attack and then was like no no just kidding I was like Julie don't do that yeah, she said America voted you back before she said 15 years ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. And she should have just swapped those clauses. She should have said 15 years ago first. Exactly. I felt so bad for him. Um, although immediately after she was like, she was like, oh my gosh, sorry, no, that's not what I meant. He was like, thank God I didn't want to go back in there. So maybe the look on his face was not a look of like excitement. Maybe it was a look of, oh shit. I don't Holy know. Holy crap. Um, yeah. But yeah, Kaser unfortunately isn't being voted back into the house this season. Sadly. Sadly. Jinx, you owe me <laughs> a soda, even though I don't drink it. Jinx, you owe me some slop. Oh yeah, there we go. Then we get to the HOH competition and it is the filter face-off or whatever they called it. And I was like trying, I don't know if you were trying to play along, but I, it was actually kind of hard. I was trying, yeah, I was definitely trying to play along. I mean, I don't want to talk myself up or anything, but I thought it was actually kind of easy. Really? Well, the first round was tough, but after that, I just, I just like, because they showed you the photo of all the house guests' faces before Julie said the prompt. So right. you saw the house guests' faces with maybe some giraffes and maybe some tigers and maybe some vampires. And then Julie said, how many house guests in this photo are filtered as giraffes? Yeah, and so you could so, kind of do some calculations beforehand. Well, yeah, that's what I started to do is I would just, things would, when I was doing it, I found after like two rounds, I found that things would stick out to my eye mm -hmm. and I would just count them. So if I saw house guests as tigers, I would say, okay, there's five tigers. And then sometimes Julie said, 
how many house guests are there six tigers or what and then julie would give the prompt and then sometimes i would have it i actually thought this was kind of easy wow i think I, I agree that like some of them I was able to pick up pretty quickly and you definitely do like start to me- like not memorize, but like notice the different patterns. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I think I don't do well when it comes to like those time sensitive, super high pressure, like find this really fast and then hit a button things. Like I think I would just flop majorly at this because even sitting in my living room on my couch with like nothing to lose I was like sitting there like oh my god I don't know like trying to count (laughs) so I definitely don't think I would have done well at this well that's the thing I think if I were on that stage with someone next to me knowing what was at stake it would have added so many different layers and so many different elements but when I was sitting on my couch I was like all right this is kind of fun bring it um, I tend to not like the tournament style comps where they have to like choose the next two players because it usually stacks the majority against the minority, which is what we saw happen. The most annoying thing to me to begin the competition was that Ian and Kevin were selected to randomly face off against each other. And like, it couldn't have been a worse pairing. The only were the only worst pairing I could think of would have been if it was Bailey and Devon as the first two. I was like, they're really going to put Kevin and Ian against each other when they could be battling against like the huge alliance. And I get it. It was random, but still. Yeah, I agree. I hated to see the two of them go up together first. However, I kind of don't hate those tournament style competitions. Yes, it does stack the majority against the minority, but it forces people to show their cards. That's true. And I think that which did I happen. Think, yeah, which I think is interesting. And sometimes in the past, we have seen competitions like this where the person that gets put up every round just gets better at it mm-hmm. and then makes it close to the end, which, I mean, is interesting to see. I, I kind of don't hate these competitions. Yeah, I don't know. I have like, It's like a love-hate relationship, I think, for me. Speaking of someone doing it a lot of times and getting really good at it, Devon was literally crushing it. Like before the question was even done a a few times, she was hitting the button. She played so many rounds. I was on the edge of my seat. Devon has literally never won a competition. So this would have been awesome for her. Perfect timing in the game, a great competition to win. And yet she stacks Memphis and Christmas against each other because they are the only two options at the end of the game. Memphis rings in incorrectly. So then she faces Christmas and then Devon rings in incorrectly. So Christmas won that HOH after playing two rounds and not touching a single button. Yeah, that I was rooting for Devon so much because I know she would have shaken up the house and it would have been awesome to see her win her first comp. But that was one of those cases where Christmas didn't win Davon lost. Yeah, it was so bad. Which I hate to say, Christmas, unfortunately, is probably just going to keep it safe. Nothing too crazy this week, which stinks. But oh, I was so sad when Davon didn't win. She was yeah. killing it. Major bummer. Yes, I think that's the part that like made it that much worse was that she got picked so many times. So she played so many rounds. You could tell nobody wanted her to win. And she just kept beating them and beating them and beating them. And then it got to the last one. And it would have been like the final victory round. And she panicked. And she pushed the button too early. And she lost. I was like, come on. Oh, my goodness. She was really the underdog. And she was killing it. And then Mm -hmm. she just lost. I don't even want to say Christmas won. She just lost. Yeah, it was sad. We also found out in this episode about the new twist that's coming up, the BB Basement, where house guests, I think she said, will individually compete. I was kind of confused by if it was going to be a group comp or individual. I'm assuming it's individual. And then there's going to be three powers hidden, and they will shake up the game, according to Julie. I really hope they do, because like you said, it seems like Christmas is probably going to play it safe with her nominations. So I'm hoping this BB basement throws a wrench in her plan. I'm also hoping it doesn't turn out like when Tyler got his last power and held it for like six months instead of using it. He had that cloud power app or whatever the heck it was called for so long and never used it. Um, And I think we see that happen a lot with powers. Like people just don't use them because they're too afraid. 
So I'm hoping at this point in the game, these three powers are given to people that we want and also get used. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, honestly, probably going to go to Memphis. I don't know why. My gut is just telling me they're going to go to Memphis and he's <sighs> not going to use them. I just see it happening. But Well, I think it's three um, different people, isn't it? Yes, actually. Okay, okay. But I don't know. I feel like Memphis is going to be one of them. Just watch it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel yeah. like it's going to work out that way. Yeah, a lot I, of people are saying, I feel like it's going to end up being Cody, Tyler, and Memphis, or Cody, Tyler, and Enzo, or Nicole, yeah. Danny, and Cody. And I'm like, I really hope not. Well, the powers, they're interesting because the worst thing people can do is tell other people they have them, but that always tends to happen. So I think we saw this a lot last year. There's just drama surrounding, oh my God, Ovi has a power. Somebody has a power, which adds a new element, but yeah, that's true. I don't know. I really like the safety suite. I thought that was cool. Me too. Hopefully the BB basement can live up to it. I really like mm-hmm. the... um. Like, in the dark competitions, sorry, David, hopefully he doesn't get PTSD oh my from goodness. this. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoy them. I think they're just something – it's like a staple of Big Brother, but it's still something so different from all the other competitions we see all season that I tend to like them. Yeah, I'm curious about how dark they really are. I mean, they say you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be scared. Yeah, it d- definitely is not good for people who are afraid of the dark. I think that's pretty much it from this week. The only other thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't already figured this out, Janelle is back on social media. And one thing that she posted made me laugh. And it was that she got um, Nicole's wedding invite in the mail and that it's a $3,000 cost to go to this wedding. So she's like, I'm very glad I don't have to go because I don't want to pay three grand to go to your freaking wedding. Oh my God. Yeah, I watched an interview with her and I think E.T. or something, and she said that she will still keep it classy. She will still send her a gift. She said that her one of her daughters has a cheer competition that weekend, so mm-hmm. she couldn't go anyway. But yep. she'll still check out Nicole's registry and send a gift, which I think is very, very mature. Yeah, I also feel like it's just another kind of another jab in a way like just to be like oh I'm the bigger person yeah. sending you a wedding gift but at the same time <laughs> yes. it's classy so I like it for both of its uh attributes being a little shady but also being a little classy at the same time yeah I agree I mean if the worst thing you can say is somebody sent me a nice wedding gift after mm-hmm. I uninvited them to my wedding on national tv all right fine she has to buy her something that like she knows she's going to use on a daily basis so that oh she God, has to yeah. see it every day and be reminded that Janelle bought me this. Or she has to go through the process of getting rid of it and being bummed that she can't have it. Yeah, exactly. Either way, it's great. I still hope that by some miracle, Janelle decides to go to the wedding anyways, because technically she wasn't uninvited. Nicole said, I know you probably don't want to come, so don't worry about it. She never said you can't come. She also has true. a physical invitation, so <laughs> if I were her, I'd go to the fucking wedding, but maybe not if it was three grand. Who knows? Yeah, three grand is a lot. One thing that I thought was interesting, too, regarding Janelle, did you see that her Janelle gold-plated necklace is being auctioned off on eBay? Oh my god, I didn't, but um, yes, I could see Danny buying it. Well, Janelle is auctioning it off on eBay to just raise money for charity and I want you to take a guess. Last time I checked, take a guess as to what this oh is going for. Um, five grand. Nope, more. Okay. Ten grand? More. What? Oh, my God. $18,300 oh for Janelle's Janelle necklace. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's hilarious. When I checked last night, there were 55 bids for this necklace it only 55 at- bids and it went that high do you have nineteen thousand dollars i do not yeah i last time i checked it was at 18.3 it had been there for about for a couple days at that point but yeah so some charity is going to be in in good luck that's hilarious especially because um there's that rumor floating around and i think it might be true because janelle says it all the time that she sold her finale dress on ebay and danny bought it and wore it to her finale night 
And there's photos of them. And they're very clearly wearing the same dress. Whether or not it was coincidence or it actually was Danny buying Janelle's dress could have something to do with the reason why Danny decided to throw out that hinky vote. I think she's like a secret Janelle stan. Danny wants to dethrone the queen, so. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you, Danny. Yep. Ain't gonna happen. I think that's going to do it. Thank you so much, Sophia, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I always love talking Big Brother. Of course. And if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you? I am on Instagram at Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A underscore H-A-T-Z-I-S. And uh, Twitter, same thing, Sophia underscore Hatsis, 77. Awesome. And you can find me at It's Me, Brie Lee everywhere. And you can use the hashtag OBrotherPodcast so that we can chat about all things Big Brother. Thanks again, Sophia, and I will talk to you later.